It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Pull up, jump shot. Your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Grizzlies podcast. As always, we're your host, Sean Coleman, myself, Mark King. What's going on, Sean? What's going on, man? How are you tonight? Uh, I'm good. Fell to the roof earlier today. Uh, Actually, earlier this evening, fell to the ceiling, but I'm good. Uh, And no video of it exists of my single leg hanging dangling through the roof at all so uh that doesn't exist so uh, other than that i'm doing great i made another trick shot today a really long one so all in all uh pretty good day so mark my guess is you just need to make a youtube show you remember you know tim the Toolman taylor home improvement tool time of course you know he was he he was typically a, a pretty he was a klutz he was typically pretty prone to accidents. I, I I don't know what it would be like like home embarrassment for you maybe, but don't don't fall off your roof, man. I I, I mean you know I kind of think highly of you, and I just don't want you to get hurt. I know your family doesn't want you to hurt. Listen, I, I wouldn't risk it. I've had three different homes over the course of eleven years, and I've this is the first time I've ever. F- Fallen, fallen, fell, fall, fit. I don't know. It's the first time I've ever come through the ceiling in any capacity. So I call that uh, pretty good. And I think that's like a, just a rite of passage. My dad did that when I was little. I remember that happening. So I think that's like a rite of passage as a dad. 
at a certain point you fall through the ceiling. That's like just something that you do in life. And so I feel like I've, I've just finally you know, got it over with and now I'm moving on with my life. Have you ever, have you ever been a, been a homeowner and, and, and you had, you had a pool in your backyard and you're having some people over and, and one of your buddies just out of the blue walked off the pool deck face first and hit and fell on the ground. That, you know, I, that's that's it, the true sign. You've been a homeowner for too long. And you know, that, that story sounds familiar. One, oh. I think the people should hear at some point, not tonight, but at some point, we'll tell you the story of the time Sean Coleman fell off my deck uh, at a fantasy football draft. That's a that's a good one. Let's get into the show today. Uh, we're going to talk about this week, uh, our favorite moments from this year, uh, from from this current season that we're in, because I guess the season's still technically going on. We're going to talk about our favorite moments from this season, as well as, I think, maybe what? Maybe next week we'll go and get into the draft. Why don't you explain the draft? Thing? If you follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Grizz, make sure you go and do that. There was a poll up today, which you could, we could we could talk about the poll as well, some of the results of it. But also, uh, we're going to be doing these polls every day. So go make sure you go check out the the, the the Twitter handle, vote in these polls. Why don't you explain the draft thing a little bit better? That way, people know what we got going on. Maybe I guess maybe we'll probably get into that maybe next week. My, my, we may actually wait a, a couple of weeks just to you know get enough data, I guess you could say, for um, uh, the thing. But the, the whole idea was, you know, me and you know, again, you know, it's it, it's an absolute privilege to be on the show now. And so, me and Mark, you know, we're going to throw ideas off each other. But I came up with the idea of, you know, it, it's the end of it's the NFL draft week. Uh, now you typically would see the lead up to the NBA draft. You know, it's draft season. You know, within you know uh, about a six week time frame or a two month time frame, you see the NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB draft all this time around. It's a very fun time of the year for me personally. I keep up with all that. I listen to podcasts on all the time. Anywho, but what I'm getting at is is that when it comes to this time of year, with the fact that we don't have sports. You know, I figured that it might be a fun idea to do a mock draft, a mock NBA draft, not like 32 picks, maybe 20 or so. But basically, we would do it where our player pool would be the Grizzlies, the, the Grizzlies players, like, like players that have played for Memphis. I'm not talking about Vince Carter and AI. I'm talking about guys that legitimately have had, you know, they started their career with Memphis, were drafted by Memphis, had a significant sin of their career with Memphis. And so I put the poll out there today. Uh, just to throw the interest out there. And it was a very, I, I made sure it was an interesting one. I will get into next week, you know, why I, or when we do the draft, you know, why, I, you know, I put the names in there. But the whole idea is, is that, you know, for each day, I'm going to bring up, you know, that spot in the draft and I'm going to give, you know, four options and see who people would pick. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how people feel about the careers of certain Grizzlies and what they feel may be in store for present Grizzlies. So I, I think that it's going to be a, a fun poll. And then in a couple of weeks, you know, we'll reveal, you know, kind of what the fans feel about, you know, if they were in charge of this, you know, how they would do it. And then me and Mark will do our own mock drafts. Uh, you know, we may get a couple of guests on the show. I know that there have been a couple of, uh, you know, uh, folks who, uh, you know, a lot of Grizzlies fans know on Twitter who have interacted with it, gave their opinion. But it's just a fun, you know, exercise. We could spend a whole week talking about it. So probably, you know, towards the beginning of May or something along those lines, you know, we'll get into, you know, a detailed discussion about the concept. And, you know, it, it'll reveal how we feel about, you know, how the current talents on the Grizzlies team stack up against the past talents, you know, that have stood out. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. And again, like like Sean mentioned, we're each going to draft our own team. So I'll have a team based on our our, our player pool of Grizzlies, whatever we come up with that we that we think is is fitting. Again, like I mentioned, no AI things like that. that doesn't that 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 doesn't count. But we're gonna I'm going to have a team. Sean's going to have a team, and maybe we'll even just include. You know the the people's team. We'll see how all of our teams kind of stack up uh, against each other. So that, that'll be fun. I, I'm look I'm looking forward to it uh, because in any fantasy draft, I'm looking forward to. So I, I think it'll be fun to do. Uh, do you want to talk about the poll? Each I mean, we don't talk about the poll you put up today. I mean, a little real quick. Yeah, we could talk about it. So okay. basically, the, re- the, the, yeah, the reason I put I put that poll up because. I, <laughs> I have said it before on the show and I've said it in my writing. I've said it, you know, when I was, you know, podcasting through GBB, I feel that John Morant is the best natural talent that has ever played for the Grizzlies, ever been drafted by the Grizzlies. I feel that Jaron Jackson Jr. is the second most natural talent. However, I feel that at this point in time, knowing what I know right now, I would draft Pau Gasol first. So, the reason I bring all that up is because that was the purpose of, you know, the uh, the um, uh, poll question. Recently, there have been a lot of discussion about who the greatest Grizzly of all time is. And, you know, there were different reasons. There are different reasons as to why you would, um, uh, you know, choose the greatest Grizzly. Well, this poll question was if you had the number one draft pick, if you were starting a franchise right now and you had your player pool was all the players that have ever played for the Grizzlies, I put the four out there who I think people would identify as the four, you know, most likely to be chosen. And I put John Moran out there and I expected the results that are coming. I expected the results to be that we've never experienced this type of, of a start to a career. Even when Pau Gasol was doing what he was doing, we've never experienced this. And I know that Pau Gasol was two decades ago, so it's kind of unfair. But, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I, there was a gentleman on Twitter by the name of Chase. Uh, uh, he go at Deep Fried Couch. I don't know if you, I think you know him better than I do. Um, yeah, Chase but, uh, Chase, uh, Chase was started with me over at Grizzly Bear Blues back in the day. He used yeah. to be a writer over there. He, he, him, and, and Matt Herdlicka, and uh, um, yeah. Andrew. Um, back in the uh, back in the good old days, <laughs> there there are some guys out there who typically talk to each other. They give wonderful insight, but you know he, um, you know, brought up a good point. You know, the whole idea was, you know, what you've got in Powell, Mark, and Zach, and you've got some wonderful things. You don't know what you have in Jaw, but from what you've seen, there is indications that it could be even better than what you've got in the other three that I mentioned. And Chase went out and just, you know, put it on the line. You know, he knows that we know that none of those three guys can lead us to a championship. Can jaw? You know, I don't know. He also brought up the point, you know, what era are we in? And this is more of a guard-oriented era, so jaw would make sense. But the whole idea is this, is that, you know, it's great how you feel. It's great who you love and all this different stuff. But in terms of putting it, boiling it down to basketball itself and what leads to wins, what talent in Grizzlies history would you vote for? And I know that people are going to say Pau Gasol, um, you know, should be the rightful answer. But I think that people are not wrong when they say John Morant. So um, that that was the whole and the whole thing is just to get debate going each day. I'm going to like I'll say so. The first pick's John Morant, the second pick, and I'll add a name in the spot that you know was chosen. So like tomorrow, for instance, I'll add another name 
to the Gasol brothers and Randolph, and we'll just keep going, and we'll get yeah. to the top ten or fifteen. And it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, how people view the different talents, you know, that have been drafted. Pau Gasol should be in the top two, no doubt. No matter how you feel, I'll be interested to see if he's picked tomorrow. I will too, uh, and I, I think I think that you you brought up a good point. It's it, you know, he was two de- two decades ago, so it is a very different time and and for for, here is the here is the poll question for everybody's reference i don't think you said that but if you haven't seen it already uh the the question is like you mentioned we're going to pick we're going to we're going to draft we're basically redrafting the grizzlies and this was for the number one pick and so if you had the first pick in the nba draft and it was a, a, a player that you had played 10 more games for memphis was kind of the criteria but we are redrafting the grizzlies that have all the Grizzlies players that have played kind of redrafting his all time Grizzlies list. And uh, right now it's John Moran at 62% and Pau Gasol coming in second. So if you want to vote, there's still some time left. There'll be time left when this podcast comes out tomorrow. So go vote. And then like Sean mentioned, he'll put out another poll tomorrow afternoon for the second pick. So that's going to be pretty interesting to see what, what everybody kind of thinks about Mark and Zach. I'm curious to see how far, Mark's going to fall. I don't know how far. I mean, I would assume tomorrow's list will include Mike Conley. Um, so I think people will like Mike over Mark. So I will be interested to see how I just, I think people are so jaded by Mark. We've had this conversation before on our show, I think. Uh, and so I think people are just jaded by Mark himself and the way he kind of everything kind of ended with him and, you know, his attitude. I think people that comes across as, as, is kind of just, poo pooey sometime. He just doesn't really, you know, it seems like he doesn't care. And and reality is he he cares too much. You know, like he cares so much that it, it's frustrating to him when he didn't ever got what he what he needed or thought he deserved or thought he needed in a team. So uh, I'll be interested to see how far Mark falls. I don't think he should fall that far, but uh, you know, I don't know if Paul Powell will be number two or not, but we'll see. Again, if you're not already following the show on Twitter, at locked on Grizz is the show handle Go follow the show on Twitter so you can participate in the polls. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back and we will talk about our favorite moments from this season, from the current season, coming up next. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers, while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you want delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. Sean, I don't know if you I don't know about you, Sean, but I've used Postmates quite often so far in this quarantine time. Uh, it is fantastic. So if, if you're like myself, if you're like Sean, you love eating out, especially when you're supporting local businesses, go choose Postmates. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners, Locked on Grizzlies listeners, $100 of free delivery credit for the first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need? Anytime you need it, Postmate it. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. 
Welcome back to the show. Talking our favorite moments from the, this year's Grizzlies team. Uh, Sean, what's our first moment? I know that we had some people uh, chime in on, on their moments as well. So if you guys have a favorite moment, please keep sending those to us. We'll talk about those this, those this week at King underscore producer. The show is at Locked on Grizz. Sean's handle, he'll say here in a second. So send those highlights to us. Again, be a form of a picture, or a, a, a highlight, a, a, just a tag, just a, just a description. Send those to us, and we'll talk about this throughout the week. But Sean, what's the first What's the first highlight we're going to talk about tonight? Well, I think it's kind of unfair to start out with probably what would be the most iconic moment of the season, but it's hard to argue against this one, and that is John Morant's performance uh, against the Nets. Now, Mark, I'll let you kind of describe this, and then I'll get get, in, get into my opinion of it. But you know, yeah, that that's the one that stands out, not only for the uh, first iconic image of John Morant. But the backstory that got to that moment and what occurred after. So, you know, yeah, I, I think that the first moment actually was basically John Moran's coming out party as truly showing that he is on the level. He has superstar potential. Yeah, I, I think that um I think that Derek sent us this one for uh for a highlight moment to talk about but yeah the the block on Kyrie Irving that was that game that was the game where he had the little assist uh to uh, ja, to Jay Crowder for the game winning shot so there was a lot that happened in this game and I was looking up before we even started to pull up the box score just to kind of see what exactly how many points everybody had things like that and I could I I I totally forgot that it was only the third game of the season for John Moran. He goes out 32 minutes, 13 for 22, 30 points. Uh, he had nine assists in that game, four rebounds, did have six turnovers, but who cares? We're not counting that right now because it's our, our favorite moment. But just a, just a fantastic game from, from, from John Moran. I mean, he went up against one of the, I think for me, one of the best ball handlers, maybe the best ball handler in the league in Kyrie Irving. And, he went toe to toe with him and just, I, I, it was a game where I highlighted and I previewed it and I was like, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be able to handle, you know, uh, Kyrie Irving and he's going to get smoked. I can defensively, I think it's going to be tough. And that was not even close to being accurate. He will not 180, you know, 180 degrees different. Uh, he went toe to toe with Kyrie and I thought was really, really impressive. And that was the game. I was like, okay, all right, we, we got ourselves a guy here. Like, I mean, I knew it. I think everybody else knew it too, but, that was, I think, the moment everybody collected was like, okay, all right, this is going to be fun. And, and the thing about it is, is that that was, that was the takeover moment. And I think that that's what you want to see. That was, that was the one thing when you looked at this rookie class coming into it, you know, in 2019, going into the 1920 season, how many of these rookies could take over? You know that Zion had the capability to, and you kind of had the idea. You knew Ja could do it based off what he did in the OVC at Murray State. Could he do it in the NBA? The block was great. The setting up of Jay Crowder to win the game was great. But the thing that, not necessarily forgotten, but, you know, they were talking about, you know, in, in like Zion's, you know, third game, I think, of he, when he came back from injury, how he scored like 20, 18, 20 straight points in a four-minute you know, period. Well, people don't remember in this game, John Morant scored 18 points to lead us back to tying the game in the yep. fourth quarter. 
And then while he only scored two in overtime, he set up the game-winning play to make the win. So not only was he able to take over the game through his offense, through his scoring ability, which opened up the understanding of just how clutch of a closer he is, one of the best in the NBA this year, but he did it in multiple ways. He scored when he needed to. He set up his teammates when he needed to. And that's when you realize just how resourceful and, and just straightforward dominant John Morant could be if he was given the ball in the right moments. This was this was the start of fourth quarter jaw. That's what yes. that's what this was, too. I forgot about that as well. It's a good point. Because this was the start of fourth quarter jaw when we were like, for those like a stretch there for like two weeks, when it was like, okay, we'll just he'll just score all of his points in the fourth quarter because you know he spent the entire three quarters or whatever first part of the game trying to get everybody else involved, trying to, you know, assist whoever other, other players get them going. And then in the fourth quarter realizes that need, he needed to score the basketball. And so yeah, this was the, this was the start. We're like, okay, this kid can take over a game whenever he needs to, whenever he could just turn it on, which I think was, is one of the most impressive things about him. Even to this day, like that's still thing that I look at. I'm like, I just, I love to watch because he could just turn it on whenever he wants and this was fourth quarter John Morant, and just that was the beginning of it. We were like, okay, this was this was impressive. This was also a game where this is the, before all the before Dylan Brooks had his terrible slump of month and a half. He was actually scoring the basketball pretty well early in the season, twenty one points, uh, three for six and three. Like this was a, a, a game where he also played extremely, extremely well. And that's the thing about it. And then we go two weeks later. Um, you know, after Jaw took over in that fourth quarter. He, again, didn't have his dominant of a fourth quarter in the Hornets game, but John Morant making plays late in the fourth quarter, and then, you know, with the game tied 117-117 to 117 in Charlotte, obviously it was one of the few games at the first of the season where yeah, the Grizzlies were playing down to their competition. We, we, we should have been ahead, uh, but we weren't. We were tied. But John Morant, you know, I, I call it the triumph in the trees. John Morant going to the basket and being able to score the, the, the point. And I'm not going to get too analytical here, but this is the this was this kind of opened my eyes. This made it exciting for me. The reason why fourth quarter jaw is such an impressive and important part of the Grizzlies' present and future is because of this. Yeah, Mike Conley and Mark Gasol could sit there and do okay in the fourth quarter, but eventually teams would be able to lock in on it because nobody else was doing anything. But the two things that John Morant does by himself, he can attack you at the basket, whereas Mark Gasol and Mike Conley didn't really do that that often. Jaw can get to the basket, so you've got to respect that part of the game. And if that's the case, his passing ability opens up everybody else. Even if those other players aren't those that good of an outside scorer themselves, he creates the space for them to score. So just by Jaw having the talent that he has, the Grizzlies have a, a better fourth quarter, quarter arsenal of offense than they have had in years, and it's all because of one player. And being able to see this in the first month of his playing that's what really opened the eyes to you know this kid is special. Yeah, let's take let's take another break. We're we're behind again. Let's take another quick break. We'll be right back. We'll just pick up right where we left off and get back. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome back to the show. Talking our favorite moments from this season this year. And right before we took a break, you mentioned that 
uh, Charlotte game a couple weeks into the season. That that was what you alluded to when uh, what you call it, the triumph of the tr- triumph of the tree, triumph inside the trees, or what did you call it? Tri- triumph in the trees. I like that. I like that. Tri- the, the yeah, you went, went court. drove the lane, made that shot. Uh, that was an impressive game uh, as, as kind of a, a highlighted moment of the season as well. But, you know, also Jaron Jackson Jr., that he was four for six from that game and from three. I mean, ridiculously he shot the ball 67% that game from three, which is ridic- just insane. This was, again, earlier in the season where he was on an absolute tear from three, just shooting the ball lights out. And obviously he's continued that much throughout the season, but this was a huge game from Jaron Jackson Jr. Obviously the the Hornets are terrible. Like they should have never been in that situation. Like you mentioned, but without Ja, without Jaron, I mean, it's just one of those games where you look at and you'll go, man, the future is bright for the Grizzlies. Well, and yeah, and so the, the, talking about Jaron Jackson Jr., it was a little bit later on. You know, the Grizzlies were, they had struggled, and then they went through that two week time stretch at the end of November in which they played like seven straight playoff hopefuls, title contenders, whatever you want to call them. Well, then we got into the early part of December, and that's when we really started taking off, but you didn't know it at the time. Brandon Clark, um, Kyle Anderson, Jonas Valanciunas, Jaw, all of them were experiencing, you know, injuries. So, of course, the Grizzlies are, are, are basically, you know, kind of, you know, not necessarily shorthanded, but they're without, you know, their best players being healthy. They take on the Milwaukee Bucks. And if you want to talk about Jaron's moment this year, like he had last year um, against the Brooklyn Nets, it was against, um, you know, the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. And it was against uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, the Grizzlies wound up losing by 13. But, Mark, if you recall, Jaron had 43 points in that game. And for the first three quarters in which the Grizzlies were ahead, they went into the fourth quarter up by five. But Jaron Jackson Jr. was able to match Giannis point by point. He had 43 that game. Giannis had 37. And in the game itself, um, Jaron was 9 of 15 from three. And so it was the peak of him really evolving into the three-point shooter that you know the Grizzlies may not have had before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Grizzlies... That if if he if he continues, I mean that has to be a part of his game for the future. Like he has to be a three point shooter, and if he is a, a prolific three point shooter like he has been this year, then that will will a he will be pretty much unstoppable. <laughs> and but at the same time, there won't be a, a a player like that that the Grizzlies have had maybe ever. I mean, you look like like him and John Morant, and those are two players that uh, you know, like you like you like we said in the like last week, like talent wise. I mean, there might not be better talented players. Than, than ever like right now might be the most talented like just pure talent team that they, they might have ever had i know that there are a lot of other teams out there for the grizzlies and they've had a lot of good players but just pure raw talent this might be one of the best that that Grizzlies charlotte game looking at the box score also this is a this was the time when tyus jones was playing like shit yeah. he had zero points and marco good was actually playing in these games he had tw- he had 17 points that might be the most he ever had all season uh, Marco, and then he just, yeah. he obviously couldn't, you know, he fell off, the of, fell off the place of an earth and just couldn't defend worth anything, but that's beyond, you know, snake or the air. But I think this is the, this might be the highest scoring game he had as a Grizzly. Let me, I'm going to look that up. One of the other moments that I'll say from that early December time frame, and that will kind of, you know, stay on this, the early part. 
part of the season for tonight, but also right around the time that Jaron, you know, um, w- was emerging, was getting into his hot streak. You know, you saw Gadurich, he, he was, you know, struggling. Tyus was struggling. So the Grizzlies really needed somebody to stand up. There were calls uh, for, for Josh Jackson, but the guy who did was DeAnthony Melton. And his moment, you know, was against the, um, the, the Indiana Pacers in a loss, but he still got a solid run, his second pure solid run. He scored 16 points. And then, of course, you know, on the 16th of December against Miami, he was able to, um, he was a plus 12, had 16 points on the night. Um, basically, he, he just showed that he could add depth and he showed his ability on defense and offense. So that was the whole thing about these moments. The one thing that these moments have in common is that for three players, you know, Brandon Clark also had, uh, you know, his, you know, first really good game where he scored 27 against Oklahoma City. But the thing about all these moments, the connecting point is that you saw this young team coming together and you saw the development that Taylor Jenkins was having on these young players all coming together to form the core, you know, that of course would launch, you know, from December on. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, the, the, the arrival of DeAnthony Melton, I mean, it, it was, it couldn't have come sooner, but it was impressive in its own right for sure. And, you know, I, I was the one yelling for Josh Jackson all along. I mean, I was probably one of the louder ones just because I thought it was, it just didn't make sense what they were doing. And it still, it never has. And so I just, I was, a, I was fortunate that he got out of the situation he was in and, and got it, you know, was able to showcase things that he was able to do. And that's, again, that's another conversation for a different day. But the arrival of DeAnthony Melton uh, could not have come sooner for the Grizzlies because they really needed somebody that, you know, that's that spark off the bench. And he was one of the people that could provide it. And the thing that I'll say is this, is that when you look at it, when you look at that early December time frame, when Jaw was coming into his own, yes, he was injured in early December, but he had established who he was. And then Jaron was was able to take on the team. Um, and, and that was the time, I think, when the Grizzlies also realized, you know, hey, you know, we don't – who cares what our expectations are? We know that we have the ability to be something special here. Why not be it sooner rather than later? And that's when you really realize not only was this team one with high offensive potential, a good source of highlights. But this was also the stretch run where the this Grizzlies team truly showed that they arguably are the best offensive team in franchise history. In a future episode, um, you know, I, I'll get with Mark, and, and we will show just how dominant offensively this team was compared to other teams um, in terms of statistics and things like that. But that's the other connection point is just how good offensively this team became even when they weren't playing with each other. I, I totally agree. I uh, I think it the offensive and we've talked about this last week. We talked about this. All, we'll probably talk about this all the time. But the offense and what Taylor Jenkins has done is nothing short of impressive. Um, I, you know, I I don't have anything else other than that for for tonight's show, for tomorrow's show, whatever you want to. That'd be most tomorrow. But uh, I don't have anything else for tonight. Sean, do you got anything else? I do actually. Um, I oh, will you do? tell you this. I, there, I will tell you this. So. Depending on the so what's going to happen with this poll in which we, you know, look who's going to be the first pick and who's going to be the second pick. Yep. Basically, three of the four options are going to remain, and then I'm going to add in another one. So by tomorrow's poll, you will have revealed, you know, basically who we think are are the top five talents, you know, potentially that could be considered for the first two picks. Tomorrow's edition is not Mike Conley. Oh. 
It is not Mike Conley. Really? For the second pick, there would not be a Mike Conley on there. Yes. That's impressive. I'm curious to see who it would be. Yeah. Remember what I said. They were drafted and started their career with the Grizzlies. So you you, you may have an idea of who that is now. Don't don't hmm. reveal it, Mark. But I, I, I don't Michael, know. I won't reveal it because I don't even know. Yeah. It, it, it will not be uh, Mike Conley tomorrow. Interesting. So so Mike Conley will, will at best at best have a chance at the third slot for our redrafting of all the Grizzlies in history. So that'll be fun. Check that out. Make sure you go follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Grizz so you can partic- participate in the redrafting of all the Grizzlies. And make sure you go subscribe to the show in whatever podcast platform that you're using so you don't miss a show at all. And if you're an Apple iTunes, go leave a review, guys. Two years ago, a guy left a review saying that he wanted Sean Coleman permanently on this show and Mark King gone. Well, he got half his wish. So if you leave a review, it might just halfway come true. So go leave a review. It really helps the show out. Helps us out in the iTunes rankings. Go subscribe. You're an inspiration. You're an inspiration, inspiration to us all. Whoever, whoever you are out there, you're welcome, <laughs> first of all. I took that to heart for two years. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but seriously, go leave a review. It really helps out the show. Go follow us on Twitter. Uh, Go follow Sean, go follow myself, uh, and we will see you guys next time. Have a great one. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.